Yeah, man. What, are what we getting? Are we times? doing that? Yeah, I should. I can. I can always record it and do it later. Okay. Do you want us? Do we want to do? Uh, thanks so much for listening. That wraps up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. That wraps up our discussion for Death Stranding. If you enjoyed this episode, please us let us know with a thumbs. <laughs> <laughs>
enhanced with nano machines and everybody's like a super soldier kind of thing. There's like the psychic guy from the in Metal Gear Solid. There's like the psychic guy. There's just I don't know. It's all very kind of far fetched, but it's it's not Death Stranding weird. But they do get to be completely unhinged, Kojima crazy. Yeah. So one one other thing I'll I'll mention about Metal Gear or things I've heard about Metal Gear Solid is that it was kind of initially like a parody of those old like action heroes. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I don't know but if it wasn't was like ever parody, supposed to be but, it was never yeah. supposed to be super serious. But I don't know if that's accurate. I think he takes it pretty seriously. But I don't know <laughs> if it was like a parody. I think he used a lot of a, he he really liked some of the American culture and and some of the films, I guess. So like solids. We're ta- this ain't even the same game, dude. But uh I know like he used a lot of stuff and I think somebody told me he actually got sued, I guess by like Russell Crowe or something, I don't know. Uh, all right, so let's talk more about Death Stranding. So, no, he how, wasn't. How would... Metal Gear Solid was not sued from over Escape from New York because I guess the, like the character Pliskin or something like that. There was a lot of parallels with Metal Gear Solid's character, main character mm-hmm. from Escape from New York. But we'll move okay. on. That's not even that game, dude. We're gonna play that next week. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> So how how would you sum up Death Stranding? Because you I, you did not finish it, I did. No. How would I sum it up? Well, what are your initial thoughts on it from what you've seen so far? Hut scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. So yeah, I mean, it was my initial thought. I think I I had a pretty good feeling what I was getting into with it. I've seen. I know, so like, I bought a PlayStation 3 to play Metal Gear Solid 4. It has to come up. We have to talk about, like, there's no choice. And I think I played that game for like six hours, and I was like, this ain't it. And I I pretty much abandoned the franchise because of how ridiculous everything got. Like, so I, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have too much, like, mystery around it because I had a pretty strong feeling of what it was. And I mean, the trailer I had seen, like I knew it was going to be off the wall too. I knew. Yeah, so I, I think like most people, I, I assume saw it when it was, it was released. I think one on one of the like PlayStation showcases one yeah. year. I think it was what year was that? It initially released PS4 in 2019. So I believe it was when they when they initially released it or released that that first trailer. I had seen it and. Yeah probably had the same reaction as everybody's like, what in the hell's going on? Yeah. But I was never, I, I was an Xbox kid, so I didn't have the next gen, you know, PS3 through five. Oh, I had a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't so I was, I was never able to play it anyhow. I, I was interested, but I kind of just yeah. fell off my radar. But then we picked this up. I kind of panic picked it after we got through Ori and Bioshock and it, it was became free. it became free on Epic, yeah. So I was like, "All right, let's get it, let's play it." And I guess I didn't realize how involved this game was. Which well, was I think. Do you know how long you actually spent playing it? Do you know? Yes. So the game at the at the very end of the game, after the credit, the real credits roll, it gives you a little summary of your gameplay. And I was just over fifty hours. The Epic Store says I was in game for like fifty eight hours because I yeah. have children, so I would be either I would start it and then pause, but of actual gameplay it was about fifty hours. Okay, 
I wonder, I don't have, I don't know how long I spent actually, but I think I've spent maybe 15. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is interesting too, because you got through, did you get through chapter three? I don't think I did, but from what right. I, 14.4 hours. From what I understand, <clears throat> the, that chapter is just stupidly long. It's like it's a way too big of, if, and I think maybe if I knew that, like mm -hmm. if I knew chapter four, five, six, seven, eight were still going to be the same length as chapter three, maybe I would have been more encouraged to play. But yeah, I think when I was like just trudging through chapter three, I was like, man, chapter four is going to be longer. It is. I felt deceived. You know, when I was looking up, trying to build out the notes uh, that we use on our OneNote and kind of gathering some genre information, designer information, stuff like that, the genre that you see when you just look it up, it just is action. And that is a gross misrepresentation. I would there say is cinematic at best. Cinematic, action, open world, walking simulator, a shooter, builder, inventory management. There is so much to this game that Kojima present, just Kojima, yeah. right? To to the point where I believe in a couple interviews with Kojima, he has said that this is. I, I think he's trying to make a new genre, and we'll talk about why um, or what he means by it. Is basically it's a strand game. Yeah, I I heard. Yeah. Uh, okay. And okay. one of the the reason behind that is one of the components of this game is an online aspect where your things that you put in your playthrough of the world can affect and either help or mess with other people's playthroughs. So it's like that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's online yeah. without being fully online and interfaceable with other people in your traditional sense. Yeah, I told my wife when I was playing, I had talked to her a little bit about the games, and she watched a little bit of this, kind of like mouth open, confused. And I, <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why. Yeah, no, it was, what don't you understand, babe? The guy vomited up a baby or something. But uh, <laughs> it was... I, I told her, I said, like, this is... I think this is what a video game is supposed to be in a lot of ways. You know, it is. it does feel like its own genre of game, and it kind of feels like it pulls from other genres, obviously. But, right. yeah, it's very much like its own genre of game, and it it was, I don't know, it was cool. It just, it's something you could only incorporate in a game. I think if they made a Death Stranding movie, it'd be really hard to pull off, or a show. It'd be really yeah. tough to, to really incorporate the feel of it. It's a game first. It always will right. be. And... You know, just even just the inventory. If the game was inventory only, inventory management and walking across it, and like this visually immersive experience, I think that is what a game is. I think yeah. that's pretty cool. I gotta say, you know, like like most games nowadays, there are there is a difficulty selection at the beginning of the game, and I think that how they handled it was a little frustrating because apparently the only difficulty is basically your enemies when you do end up having those encounters are a little harder but yeah how you walk around and we're going to mention the walking around because how you, just getting around there's a special mechanic for it you just gotta grab onto those yeah every, and keep going every other part of the game stays the same difficulty essentially except for those combat encounters yeah so you know uh we we didn't we didn't do our normal little spiel uh up front but 
just to get some more information about the game itself. It's a single. That's player. okay because that's the way the game plays out too. So we're really just yeah. doing it as a strand podcast. There you go. That's a strand podcast. It's get, all get, over the place and confusing. Get in the comments. Um, <laughs> you know, released in 2019 for PS4. It all it came to PS uh, PS5 in 2021. In between that, it came out for PC. But then I didn't know this. There was a director's cut in 2022 that I think was I think it's on PC now, but I think it was initially for PS5. Um, and they had some more. I think you're correct. Yeah, it, it had a couple more um, mechanics, a couple more quest lines and NPCs to to talk with. The bulk of the game was the same. Uh, but there were a couple of little little changes, and you might find this kind of uh, surprising. I think I may be getting the director's cut and play it again with uh, the wifey in the TV room. Oh my god! Because she man. she came she came in behind me a few times, and I tried explaining it. But if if you walk into the room, you know, while somebody's watching a Netflix TV show or something. And then you leave. You can kind of maybe piece together stuff, but you know, with this game, it is being so all over the place. She would come in at the weirdest times and see just something that's all over the place, and it piqued her interest. But she couldn't stay in my little office area. It's horribly configured for more more people. But she ended up sitting for the last like fifteen minutes of the game, and she was intrigued and confused. But wanted to see more. Cried a little bit. (laughs) Cried a little. You know, the emotions were high. Yeah. So I might be getting it again, and we might be running through it again. And you'll actually you you'll do the director's cut. Do you know what the differences are? I have no idea. I think they have a few more vehicles, a couple more structures you can build. But I think that's it. Maybe some other NPCs that have like bunkers and stuff that are out there. Other than that, I think it's exactly the same. I don't think that'd be enough to make me repurchase the game. Well, I I personally, think, I, I I was reading. I forget what it was specifically, but there was something I was like, mm, that looked interesting, and I wanted to kind of see it. So, um, who knows? I, you know, with with Death Stranding two coming out, that's probably why Epic had it for free because they're yeah, about to cycle yeah. through that game, right? So I'm Ooh. sure, uh, I'm sure Steam. And some of the other platforms are going to either have a sale on it or another free option as well for the director's cut. I, I could see that happening. So we'll, we'll see. That's a dude. This is a big game to come out for free. I think like usually yes. it's something pretty yes. small or something that's been out for a long time anyway. But yeah, that's a big one. And I think we got kind of the best experience we could have with it because other people had just gotten it for free. So yeah. the multiplayer yeah. involvement aspect of it was heavy. You know, we were probably getting a lot of. Uh, you know, if you play this game eight months from now, yeah, it'd be if you play this game that. the day that Death Stranding two comes out. No one, there's not going to be as much. Uh, you know, there's not going to be zip lines everywhere and roads. You're going to have a harder time playing it. You're gonna, you're gonna struggle. So, yeah, that's kind of cool how that worked out. You played yeah, it on your PC, right? I played a PC. I did yeah. use a controller. If you're going to play this game, definitely use a controller. You've you've got to use a DualSense controller by when uh, <laughs> use a DualSense <laughs> controller by Sony. I think I it used, was made for the DualSense, wasn't it? Uh, no, PS4. It was made for the DualShock Four controller. Oh, okay. 
but gotcha. I mean, it is weird though because there are like little things like the long press. There's like a sensitivity with the face buttons on those controllers. I think that's kind of a PlayStation heavy right. thing. But I think you could have really just played it with anything, dude. You just hold the yeah. button down longer, you know. It. I, I will tell you, is on some of those long presses. Um, oh, and this got me every time when you're going to a vehicle that has a storage option, like like a truck, for example. You know, to look at the storage, you have to long press, but to enter the vehicle, you just have to tap it once. And I can't tell you how many times I was trying to look at my inventory, yeah. and I would like go through the whole animation of getting in and out of the vehicle. It was oh my god, I would I. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. There was probably two hours of actual in-game game time through the whole course of the 50 hours where I was stuck watching non-cinematic animations. Just getting in and out of a truck. Getting in and out of the like truck. Like the thing where, like, where Daryl gets up and like you know stands <laughs> up and puts on, you know, yes. like I saw that. At least you can skip some of those. You not all of them. Getting no. Oh, no. not all of them, which is so frustrating. Oh, you know when when oh, we haven't even gotten into to the like meat and potatoes of the world, but if if you're in a storage menu, putting a bunch of stuff on Daryl, we're gonna call him Daryl on Norman Reedus's <laughs> character Sam on his back, right? Norman, you mean? Yeah, What's when the you Boondock put Saints guy's name, go on. <laughs> But anyway, if you put too much stuff on his back, the animation changes to where he's like struggling to get up. Yeah. That you can skip. But if you just put on a normal amount, he just picks it up, but you can't skip that animation. How weird is that? I don't know, right? man. That's strange. So this game uh, could have been 10 shorter. to 15 hours shorter. Without with, those animations. With with the animations, and there was some bloat in that chapter three, which was just way too much. Um, you know, for we haven't even gotten into the chapters yet, but there's, I think, 13 chapters of story. And half of the game a is little, a little, three. A little 14th bonus, and then 15, which is the game's way of putting you back into the world so you can continue to play. But there's the 13... Right. There's there's 13 core chapters. Chapter three was, I think, over 50 percent of the game, uh, probably probably high 60 percent of, of, of the gameplay, which is so weird. Chapter, it was, was way too. I think you're right. I Yeah, I remember I watched a video to try to kind of catch up on what I missed of it. And I think they said it's right. like if there's 80 missions, 38 of them were in just chapter three alone. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Which is, which is frustrating because you didn't really get any more. You got you got more missions, but you didn't get necessarily any more story. Right. So I think what the big the big part of it was through the whole course of this game. This is one of my little points I wanted to make in the gameplay was when you start the game, you're in like post apocalyptic USA, starting around like Washington D.C., New York area, somewhere in that general vicinity. Right. And then through the course of the game, you walk your ass all the way to California on foot. Right. So when you're I wonder when, why yeah. people called this a walking simulator. Right. That's weird. And so the game had to, I think, show distance in a weird way. It's hard to really translate that one. There's no day night cycle, which is kind of weird. But there's also, yeah, that is, weird. you know, when you drive from one of these cities to the other, you've moved states and states equivalent in time. But you were on the road for maybe five minutes. Right. If you were in a vehicle. 
Yeah. So they had to really play with that that weird distance. As a person uh, who travels for work, how does that make you feel? <laughs> man, I I was in the in the in a vehicle yesterday for I think nine hours. Ugh. Yeah, which is one minute in, in a strand game. Pretty pretty much, yeah. Yeah. You know, the longest stretch yesterday was I think was seven hours. I, I got out once, stretch my legs, and and take a leak. But man, which you can was... do in this game. Yeah, yes, you can, and yeah. it harms some of the enemies. So so let's. let's oh, I didn't know you game. could. Wait, you could just pee on an enemy. Apparently, did you ever <laughs> get? Did you ever get like attacked by the little, Tari figures? Oh yeah, dude. That's yeah. how I would so, describe my experience with this game. I, I was never able to do it, but apparently, if you're getting attacked from them, you can turn around, whip it out, and pee on them, and they go away. That's pretty cool. That's one thing I've always liked about Kojima games is there's so many like weird little things you can do in the game. There's so many strange little interactions that aren't they're never told to you in ways. You know, that right. you just figure them out. I don't know why you why that it would is, happen, but. Everything in this game is unbelievably strange and out there, otherworldly, yeah. right? However, when you actually look at the how the game justifies XYZ, it makes sense to why, in this instance, the your urine is affecting the baddies, right? They they play into, and we haven't really got into it yet, but they play into uh, blood of certain mm -hmm. people. Your main character, in particular, and his poop. blood. And poop, right? And and your urine and your poop, excrement, have, anything have, you got, have little traces of blood, right? Yeah. So that affects the bad baddies, right? So wait, okay. I mean, there's you're gonna be wasting some of it. It's, it's not like you know if you're if it's gushing, I'm sure, but there's pieces of you, right? I just, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to always bleed when you pee. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. So, all right. So let's set this up. So you're playing as Sam Porter Darryl. Bridges, Nor Norman Reedus, Daryl from The Walking Dead. He was also in Boondock Saints. What else? That's and that's it, it right? That's really that's it. it. That's his career. Um, and watching so many. Oh, in the PT demo, Silent Hill. Right. Watching so many of his interviews recently, I think he's a little bit more soft spoken than his typical character. I think he kind of like lowers his voice and gets a little grit in there to play Probably, uh, to yeah. play Daryl and to play Sam uh, in this game. <laughs> so yeah, you're running around the the U.S. as Sam Porter Bridges. He <laughs> the silliest naming convention. He works for a company uh, oh God. called Bridges. So his last name is Bridges, and he's a porter meaning he transports like a transporter. So he's a porter. So he's Sam Porter Bridges. Who named these? Is it the same person I, that came oh up with the Pokemon names? <laughs> did, did you did you pay attention to the um, to the people running the distribution centers in the cities? When they're um, the same weird names, too. Yeah, it was yeah. like uh, uh, Lake Not City was run by William Lake. <laughs> you know, it, it was so goofy. I guess um, it's like maybe there's some way to just use that as like a way to just say like you know it doesn't matter what what your name is kind of yeah. thing it doesn't these people these don't really it doesn't matter what they're named like especially no, it really doesn't again no gear solid there's like a character named fortune who can't be hit by bullets <laughs> like wow that's a <laughs> it's it's just a kojima naming thing man they, right he just like the way he names characters is weird man 
I, I think the one thing that bothered me about the one set of names that really bothered me just because it was confusing to try to remember them. Every city you go to or every section you go to has like a geographical descriptor, yeah. then a knot, and then a city. And then a city. So not K-N-O-T, like a knot of a rope, right? Yeah. So mountain knot, lake knot, south knot. It was really confusing, and I got those mixed up. I literally, dude, I couldn't tell you. Port City had a port in it. Yep. Lake City had a lake in it. Yeah. I think if they didn't all have not in there, and they maybe just Lake City. Yeah, that that I think would have been less confusing. Exactly. I just it just call it Seattle. Just call (laughs) it you know. Just call it Louisiana. I don't know. But again, it's just there's that's a weird Kojima thing that he does. You know. When I fired this game up, I played it on the Steam Deck, actually exclusively. I don't even have it installed on my PC. I had some very strange, like, graphics issues and, like, just very weird errors. Like, I had it up on my TV through the Steam Deck, and the size of my image was, like, six, four, four inches by six inches on a, on a 55-inch TV. And I was like, what is even going on here? Is this a Kojima thing? But I got it sorted out eventually. Um, yeah. How did it perform on the Steam Deck? Dude, so good, man. This is, this is what I'm saying. I think just Steam Deck or whatever. I Like games, as long as they're done well, are so optimized now, man. I know you didn't play like Crisis when it came out, but this game was like graphically insane and hardware couldn't run it. But like... Games now, I've noticed some of the newer games I've been playing, like they they run so well on hardware that's not that crazy, you know. So I'm not going to go out and buy a two thousand dollar video card tomorrow, right? But it's just, yeah, it looked great, man. I got like forty five to sixty frames everywhere on a Steam Deck on wow. my TV, and it and it looked really good too. It's it's one thing to say like the frame rate was this or the graphics were on high, but the game looked amazing all really like, all did. the time. It was they so put a lot so of effort good. into the 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 world, the characters, graphic the environment. Was, yeah, was it was really really well. Good. The only time I saw where corners were cut, I would say, is when you were like up on mountainous areas or things where you would rarely ever go. The textures that were used were kind of like meh, but when you're down yeah, I didn't into notice the most, that. yeah right but why would you ever climb to those mountaintops and stuff except to do something you probably were dicking around with like i was i was putting hard to reach structure or i was putting structures in hard to reach places just to be just to guy. just make this stuff well to make my game later on easier to do but okay. other than me needing to place that one thing for about five seconds of gameplay yeah why would they need to have that little grassy texture be perfect yeah, but once once you get into where all the buildings are and where you traverse ninety percent of the game, immaculate. Yeah, that actually reminded me my first experience in the game, dude. So I like I I was I didn't even know like there was the mechanic of having to slow your character down when you're running. So I like started off the game and I was like forty five seconds in and I just like was testing the controls a little. And I sprinted one way, and I realized that I was running right at a cliff, and I just, like, tried to stop. And he just flies off of the cliff and dies. (laughs) Well, it goes into the strand or whatever. 
Oh man. So is it called? Is it the strand? That's not it's, what it's called. It's the beach. Well, no, sorry. He goes into the seam. The seam. The seam. The seam. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I immediately killed, like, just died, and I think I caught like most people probably didn't see that until the first big like void out with the you know transport. I saw that thirty seconds in. <laughs> I was. So and then yeah. he stands up and there's there's like a baby inside of him and then he pukes and I it's like what thirty seconds in this game is it oh is man. insane it's just yeah that was my right. that was my very inner once I got the graphics working that's what I got dude that was my reward getting mollywopped by a a beached whale for those that either haven't played enough of it. Because I, I could see people starting this, playing a little bit, and just being like, "This is throwing this in a towel." Yeah, I, I almost threw the towel in a few times. I think I went in not because when you, it just is action, right? I think I I think the biggest problem for people getting an introduction to this game is the is the store page because I don't think it does a good enough job. I'm gonna pull that so up. once once I started playing, I and I think I mentioned this to you. I kind of had to like readjust the game I was attempting to play. Yeah. It had a really good story, but that's not from a game. The story was presented through cutscenes, mm -hmm. almost entirely through cutscenes. The gameplay was a completely different experience. Game, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. But but I think everybody has heard at least by now that it's a walking simulator. Like, have you that's heard a, that comment thrown around? I have, but you I don't know, think that. I think that pulls too much from it. I don't, I don't think, think there's I don't think there's too many walking simulators where you end up having to skirt around ghostly entities that might try to suck you into hell effectively. When you say skirt around, do you mean walk around? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so oh man. I, I feel like we should probably try to put some context to this because I, I, you know, we usually go off the basis of like people, most people that are listening to this probably have played the game. But I think with this particular game, I could see a lot of people have maybe played it, but not fully gotten through everything. Yeah. Right. Cause this, this, this game was a lot, right? This is, this episode is probably going to be two parts, which if, if it is, you, if you played this game and quit, you quit it on chapter three, 99% of you, I bet. Yeah. You saw a good portion of the game play, but yeah a fraction of the story you know and the story gets pretty intense at at some portions so quick setup this is like post-apocalypse united states for where we are in the world um i don't know what time frame because i think it's it's um kind of like in the future a little bit yeah. um technology has changed a bit they go a, they kind of skirt into some 3D printing aspects was kind of cool using this new futury tech, but also the basics of like yeah, 3D they did, printing, yeah. which is kind of cool. You know, they <laughs> 3D print houses now, literally. I have, I have seen that. Ridiculous. I, I'm interested Sorry. to see how long they last. I'm interested to see the type of person that wants one. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's not just that, man. They do like the walls are like very curvy looking. It's strange to me. It's yeah. very, it reminds me. What are we talking? What what, <laughs> what's what, the point what, of this podcast? <laughs> this is now an architecture podcast. So there's this. I'll I'll, I'll blow through it. There, there's this natural phenomenon that is called the Death Stranding, right? Yeah. So now basically anyone that dies through any means now starts to um, 
try to pass over and their body starts to decompose in a very strange way. And if it gets interacted with by these entities that are um, kind of stuck in the in-between, between yeah. life and death, if they interact with that uh, material, it causes what's called a void out, and it's like a big explosion, and bad things happen, right? So that was happening all across the country as people were dying from either natural means or other way, other ways, and it just kind of got out of hand, and it basically changed the entire landscape of the U.S., this game goes a lot into kind of like afterlife and limbo and like that in-between space of life and death. And they refer to that in-between space as the beach. And the best way I can equate that is like they, they're referring to it as a beach, as an in-between life and death. Whereas we would see a beach as the in-between of like the ocean and land, right? So it's just yeah, that in-between yeah. space. Okay. I was about to ask why they would why they went with a beach in your opinion, but yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and the, the beach is the purgatory right. of water and land. Right. And once you go into once you go into your beach, onto your beach rather, you can then walk into I believe that then goes into the seam, which is like the ocean, you know, the the never ending space, and that's kind of like where the afterlife can like start. I guess in this world mm -hmm. that may not be accurate. Go find out. Um, also worth mentioning the main character can return from this. If he dies, he can come back. Right. Which is weird, which is weird. And which is not, I don't think that's normal. That's not normal. He was considered what's called a repatriate. So he can, he does, he, he skirts the beach entire. I've said skirt a lot. He skips going skirt. to the beach skirt. He doesn't go to the beach. He goes directly to the seam, and then his soul or whatever you want to call it can go and find his body, and then he just basically gets revived. Yeah, and then uh, vomits bugs, which is kind yeah, of yeah. There are yeah. There's bugs in that vomit. Yeah. Even yeah, dude. What a game. So, through the Death Stranding, after this natural phenomenon has taken place, there's a couple. Uh, side effects things that also have come into light there's this new to the world material or substance which i believe is coming from the beach it's called carillium so you get these little um growths of these little crystals and uh it kind of permeates in the atmosphere as well which then turns the rain into what's called time fall so now anytime it rains, it's um, causing time to speed up for whatever it touches. So when it starts raining, as you're walking through the game, you'll start to see the ground go through a whole life and death cycle of like sprouting new foliage and then it dying and then it's sprouting again. And it does that, does that over and over again. Yeah. And their hands, they're like little hands, yeah. which is yeah. weird. Yeah. Through that new substance, there are certain people that are affected more heavily by it, um, where they have an allergy to this stuff. So no matter who you are, if it touches you, for example, like if it gets on your skin, your skin starts to rapidly age, right? So yeah. really bad. I think I hit that a little bit when I was like 20, early <laughs> 20s. And these people that have this specific allergy, it's called dooms, and there's different levels of dooms. Yeah, and our main character has Dooms level two. Has has level two Dooms, which, which I don't know how you. 
Okay. It's a little weird. And, you know, they call it, it's like levels or severity of type a disease. Type 2 diabetes. Yeah. So they got type 2 dooms. <laughs> right. So he can, so your character can actually like sense these. Oh my God. It, like I'm, I'm trying to map out the sentence I'm trying to say. And I, it sounds insane in my head. Yeah, and Kojima was like, <laughs> green light it, it's going in. Put it in. Sony, you're on board. All right, so before I get to the dooms bit, so now people that have died and are, have gone to the beach but not gone through the seam and passed on, basically like a whale getting beached on, a, on land, are beached into the world of the living even though they're dead so they are now called bts beach things. things yes so anything that is like dead but hasn't fully passed on is this like ghostly entity that is just kind of hanging around in this weird limbo state it's good to know that they didn't really waste any time naming things nope Beach nope. thing, yeah. Beach thing. That's like what you would call something if you weren't really paying attention to what yep. you were like talking. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's this beach thing. I I invented this game. There are uh, minor beached things, which I have found out the hard way a few times. They're like humanoid, but they're like they cut. They remind me of going to Marvel for a minute after Thanos snapped and everybody like turned to smoke a little bit. Yeah. Right, that animation, it's kind of like that, but they don't fully disappear. So they're like in that smoky, you know, kind of falling apart, kind of not yet. They look yeah. like that, right? But to to the average person, they are fully invisible. But unless you Sam... Have, and you're, unless you're afflicted. Right. But he so, can sense them naturally. He can sense them. Yeah. He can sense them naturally. And he can see them with the help of some tech that you get from the Bridges Corporation, which includes this little, I think it's called an aura deck. It's this little spinny gadget that hangs over his shoulder that kind of like shines light in the direction. Okay. But that is that is also connected to a little um, funky fishbowl container that has a baby in it. This game is fucked up. <laughs> so it's got a fetus inside of this little container that is strapped yeah. to your chest called a bridge baby. Not just because the company's called Bridge, but it's a bridge between life and death. Wonder where, yeah. Because, and the reason that they're there, where did the baby come from? Did they make it? No. The All the bridge babies, called BBs, are born, I'm doing air quotes right now, uh, they're born from what are called still mothers in this game, which are mothers that are either brain dead or dead or next to dying, whatever it is. So they're basically on their way to death. Yeah. They remove these babies that are now connected to death, put them in this little machine, and now you can walk about the cabin and see and help see these uh, ghostly beached things, these BTs that are floating around the world. Does it sound like we're on drugs right now? Because it feels like it, and I'm fully sober. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just it's all over the place. I saw the link between the like the babies. I had a feeling it was like they're kind of like the in purgatory themselves because you know, I I immediately was like, "Oh, that's got to be the reason why." Yeah, they're kind of like the exact opposite of the BTs. 
So the BTs are dead, stuck, but sort of alive, right? Dead, but stuck in the place of the living. Yeah. The, the BBs are stuck in the place of the living, but, or sorry, they're, 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 they're living, but have a funky connection to the side of the dead. Yeah. yeah. God, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, why do they cry? You're, you seem to, you, why do people cry around it? So everyone that's, does. That's how the, the allergy region? presents itself. So that's their oh, Karelian okay. allergy. Yeah. So when there's BTs around or high concentrations of this Karelium substance, yeah. it, instead of getting a rash, they tear up and they cry. Okay. Dude, I didn't know. I just, I, maybe they explain that later on from where mm -hmm. I was. But from Ooh. what I saw, they just—I was like, man, they seem very upset about this very normal thing. You you find out okay. about it um, in like the first the first cutscene when you're talking to Fragile, and when Sam starts tearing up, she says, "Oh, you have dooms," because okay. if you if you have the allergy, you by association also have dooms. Okay, cool. So, and so if you're not about, allergic to it, then you don't then, have. Dooms. right you you don't yeah so you don't cry you don't sense the bts um you're fully unaware of what's going on well, aware of but you can't see anything or sense it talking about okay. the i'm different glad levels. you were able to answer that for me so so sam has level two so it's like what's a lower intensity i think level one is your average person okay right so like you can't sense them but if a bt grabs you <laughs> you're dead right so you still can be fucked with Right. I don't know yeah. if that's accurate, but they never really give an example of level one. Yeah. Um, so he's has level two. He has the allergy as in crying and he can sense that the BTs are there. <laughs> um, level three and on Man, so level three uh, fragile has level three. One of the other side characters. Um, cool, he can man. actually see them. Not that fragile. Right. She's called fragile, but she's not fragile. And she says that a lot. Yeah, she does. Everyone does. Yeah, sorry. So she can actually see what they look like. Yeah. Right. And then level four, which is one of the um, antagonists called Higgs. He has level four, so he can see them. And he can control Carillium and BTs. So he can like summon Timefall, make it rain. He can... Um, cause BTs to spawn and make it so they won't like mess with him, but they'll attack you know who he wants and stuff. I want that one. Played by the favorite voice actor of the good, the bad, and the backlog, Troy Baker. Oh, really? He is. The, yes, he's the favorite. He was they, in. They what? really don't like him. <laughs> the last. Oh, really? He was in the no, Last they, of Us, right? Yeah, he was. I think he was Joel. I think in the Last of Us. Yeah, Joel. No, they say he's in everything, so it's and it's easy to pick out his name or his voice. Well, I I mean, I noticed that with a lot of the I feel like there are video game voice actors and then there's voice yeah. actors. You know, it yep. seems like there's a pretty small pile to choose from for video games. I don't know yeah. why that is. Maybe it doesn't pay as well, or maybe it just feels different. Well, I, mean, I feel like the people know. that voice act for video games probably are more passionate about video games, maybe, than the uh Hollywood movie counterparts. I don't know. Aside from Troy Baker, they've got a couple other big names Guillermo uh, that del are Toro. Guillermo del Toro. But apparently, Guillermo del Toro—they're just using him as a character model, not the voice. Weird, yeah. He's voiced Strange. by somebody by the name of uh, Jesse Cordy. I don't—I'm not familiar don't with that, that name. Is. No. Uh, they've got uh, Leia Sado, 
who was in uh, the love interest of uh, James Bond in like Casino. No, was it Casino Royale? Never seen it. Um, one of the James Bond girls. Let's see. Tommy Earl Jenkins was Die Hardman. Oh, another great name. Ma- uh, Mads Mikkelsen makes an, uh, makes an appearance, and he is uh, great. He actually won for this game in 2019 Best Performance for his role as Clifford Unger, a character that you may not have gotten to in your that playthrough. That was... Um, the- it ends up... Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see who else i mean you get yeah you get a little bit of yeah sorry yeah. i'll uh maybe i'll bleep that out um it was just yeah just yeah i think I'll, i i think i heard about that guy yeah i think go. i heard about that fella i don't know who he is otherwise though i don't know i don't think I, i'm familiar with him or his voice or anything oh, only man, people he, i knew when was you when you see Conan him he's very <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Guillermo del Toro, and I guess Troy Baker, but I didn't yeah. really know that Troy Baker. I didn't know. I didn't recognize his voice, honestly. Yeah, uh, apparently he's in everything. Um, we also had Margaret Qualley that I have never heard of, but she had a really good performance as Mama, and, and... Lindsay Wagner as Amelie. Yeah, and I did put Conan O'Brien on here, so <clears throat> he made a, a a quick appearance. I think he was visiting the studio for just like an interview or something and that while he was there they're like do you want to be in the game so they mo-capped him and they put him in as like a little quick unimportant side interaction with one of the npcs yeah well i guess he was yeah i i that probably came over from his involvement in the silent hill game that did not happen okay because he was supposed to be helping direct it i guess oh interesting so we could talk about a couple names there, a couple, um, we talked about a couple actor names and, and NPC names that they went with. But once we get into like the storyline, we'll actually talk more about those. Um, but one thing that's not much of a spoiler, the NPCs. So as you're moving through the now dilapidated United States, or what they call them the UCA, which is the United Cities of America. Anytime you go meet Don't one of the... want to get sued by our country. Right. When, once you go meet a new NPC or have to go interact with one of these NPCs, they're not given names. They're given... Well, they're given names, but they're given names of, like, what their profession is. Yeah. So you don't go meet John Smith, the so-and-so. You go meet the engineer or the elder or the craftsman. They just give them... That's the, That's the only way you ever know who they are, by just the their profession or their speciality in yeah. in this world, right? Which is how I would prefer to be named, too. <laughs> what would be your name? The Podcaster. The Podcaster? The the sm- the short beard. The short beard? I'll yeah. be I'll be I'll be long beard. Yes, like, yeah, exactly. What are we here? I have, I have a ruler for no other reason than to measure my beard. Are we having right? a beard measure measuring contest? Is that what yeah. this is turning into? Here it is. Here Whip it, it out, dude. Let's see it. All right. Let's see. So, what about here? Yeah. All right, I'm, touch- I'm touching my chin. Yep. All right. All right. From the chin, three and a half inches. Okay, I've got a half inch. From, so. from, from where, the, where it grows. Like, right, right there. This is so stupid. <laughs> from, from where it's... Oh, same. Never mind. Three and a okay, half inches. Okay, perfect. We got, got it. Three and a half inch beard on my, on my chin, chinny, chin, chin. Nailed it. And it looks good. It's not one of those poverty beards. It doesn't. Nope. 
It looks very when good. I, I have a I have a beard straightener. When I get it nice and straight, and if I shake, it just goes all like all wild. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> all right. So where were we? Uh, um, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. Troy um, Baker. Troy so Baker. it had some big. It had some big. Uh, big actors in it. I guess. I think mm-hmm. all these people have been in something. They're not. It's not like it's. It. They're not. Fresh character models. They're reskinned human beings that we know right. and love. Right. Um, I did want to call out that he did win the award for it, best performance by Mads uh, Mikkelsen. I had one stand out to me. A lot of the performances were, you know, it ranged from like really good, mediocre to just terrible. One NPC, and I don't know if you got this far in chapter the- three. It was. It was an it was an interaction between somebody known as the junk dealer. Was and he a drug I, dealer? J- uh, junk. Okay. Like he had a junkyard. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, the I think it was like an artist, like a the chiral artist or whatever. Yeah. Uh, basically, in short, because the side quest isn't real, you know, real meat and potatoes. It was like a little love story. You had to connect the junk dealer yeah. to the chiral artist because it was. It was um, uh, they were like lost loves or something. They each thought each other was dead. It was it was cute. The story that they portrayed was cute. I won't go too much into it. You know, go play it. Find the junk dealer. Do his quest line. But he, his performance, the actor's performance for the junk dealer, was great. His counterpart, the uh, his his missing wife, was so. And I almost don't know if I want to have this fully in here, but because I don't want it to be perceived incorrectly they had an accent say it. All, all all i'm gonna say is they that the character did not have an american accent but she and it's it's sa- no no here's the thing oh, it okay. sounded like whoever was the voice actor also sorry it sounded like the person that was doing the voice acting was an american putting on a really crappy accent for what accent person. was it? Because I didn't, I did not. I read believe it was uh, an Asian accent of some dude, kind. Kojima, bro. So he did that in Metal Gear Solid too. There was a character Mei Ling, and I think it was just like a like a white girl doing yeah. a the accent of an. Uh, I don't remember which you know region they were from, but I want to say maybe she was Chinese. Yeah. And it was just a white girl pretending to be Chinese. Like and it then was when they did re-releases of it, they they did they Americanized her completely. It was they were it like, was that's so, kind of that's the kind of race. So bad, it yeah. was so jarring. Like it, that, it's that, weird. Yeah, how that voice came across was detracting from that little love story so badly. It was a great interaction. It was great. You, it was your first. Um, time you had to actually transport a living person, so you had to, like yeah. strap them to your back, and they had the little face sticking out of the the bag, so they didn't get like rained on or whatever. It, it was it was great. I, I liked the actual mission, but it was her the the voice acting for that was just like so bad, so bad. Yeah, I don't I can't seem to find too much quickly about the voice actor for it. I mean, um, if they were even named, yeah, that one. I just saw your post. Yeah, I just I thought that was kind of a funny. Uh, Mala Mela Morgan M A L A. That's. I mean, it's it sounds. She might be. I don't know, man. She just. I I can't. I couldn't tell you. I'm not going to get into it too much, but it just sounded put on to you. It, it sounded put on. Ooh, it says she was born in Tokyo. Hmm. 
But when did she come? When did she come over? I don't know, and I'm sure there was a different voice actor for the game releasing in Japan too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know. We can. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it was. It was. It was either. I'm probably, probably going to edit this heavily. It was either a a person that was putting on a bad accent, or she just did not know how to speak any real English, which is okay. But it was just weird, and it was hard to follow because it was. You are like, a fan. Yeah. Yeah. So for a, <laughs> a similar kind of reason, I couldn't. Every time Fragile was on the screen, I couldn't listen to her talk. Man, I don't. I think she's actually a French French voice actress. Yeah, I think she, she is. She's she is she is French, um, and she does she acts in both French and American movies. Okay. Well, everything she said to me or said in the game was interpreted to me as just. It was all weird, man. It didn't. She was sound... in. Sorry, she was in the James Bond movies, and I had the same problem. And she was like, it was live action. Yeah, she's hard to understand. It's not that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I could understand her fine, I guess, and I had subtitles on, which helps too. But just like, why does she have a French accent, but she speaks a hundred percent like the way an American person would make her talk? You know, she speaks. It's just weird, it, but it's again, it's a Kojima game, so it's probably. I don't. I just. I'm not big brain enough to really get it, but it was just that was my thing. I was like, man, I think she did a great job, but it was just. It's just an odd choice for the character. I, th- I don't think I Fragile think, is a. I think is a the name. issue I have, yeah, is it a I common I, French name? I think international viewers. Feel, with, feel free to kick in. I think with her acting, both yeah. voice acting and on, I feel like her lines feel more scripted. As yes. every, everything's yeah. scripted, but oh, she's presenting it as if she's reading it off of a piece of paper while she's saying it. Yes, dude. Does that yeah, make that's, sense? That's exactly every, what it felt and like. I, and I think that's where the disconnect is on some of these yeah. lesser performances is it feels like they're just reading. Yeah. And yeah. Right? And some of the people like what they say to me would be believable. Sure. But like her in particular, man, nothing she said sounded like it was appropriate for her to be saying, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I guess you're probably right. It did feel very much like she was reading off of a piece of paper and right. she had never seen that piece of paper before. Like yes. they put a gun to her head and they were like, read this. <laughs> And do your best. I don't know. Oh man! So yeah, you loved, you loved the junk dealer's wife. Also, dude, Sam is Daryl. I mean, I I know the guy can act like, and he has more depth than that. But I think that that's what they they wanted him to be. Very similar to Daryl's character in The Walking Dead. I want. I think they wanted him to become like to come off as not very personable, not very, you know. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't have in, interest in restoring the chiral network. I think they wanted right. him to be apathetic, is the word. Yeah. In for. in the story, they kind of explain that the reason he's kind of become a loner is he he's got some uh, personal connection issues. I forget what it was. He has a, I think it's a phobia. He doesn't like to be touched. I forget. I we can maybe find out what it's called. But he he doesn't like to be touched, and he Same, also dude. he also bruises very easily 
which so would you, cause you not to want to be touched. Right, right. So you'll see when they have uh, some of the animations where he's like his arms are out or he's shirtless or something. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got all these handprints of like when somebody would just normally say, "Hey, how you doing?" and like gently, he would bruise from that. Yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't like people, um, you know, uh, touching on him and stuff. Same. Same. And they did kind of keeping on that note of like him leading from this kind of a very lonely life through before the game takes place. And then as you're playing through the game is taking the new strand genre aside where you've got online, a lot online aspect, taking that out, Mm -hmm. but like the story itself, it's very lonely. I don't know if you got a sense of this, but you're walking these. Yeah. In the game, you're walking these hundreds and hundreds of miles by yourself. Right. And every time you interact with somebody, at these terminals of these distribution centers or these bunkers, you're not dealing face to face with a person. It's like a hologram. Yeah. Right. Where, and, and what's really, what's really frustrating. There's a few times you meet people face to face, but most of the time you're looking at a hologram of a person. And if you look through the hologram, the, the door is right there. Like you're right by the door. You could just, you could just open the door, (laughs) you know? So it, it definitely this game had uh, had a real sense of loneliness through the majority of it, and there was I think a very small handful of people and a very small handful of NPCs that you actually interacted with face to face to the point where as the game progresses, once you get to a certain story beat, they start uh, the game starts putting in other porters in the world. Yeah. So NPCs that are actually walking around and basically doing the deliveries that you're doing. So you'll be driving along. I actually hit one of them with my car because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I was there. There's through in, in chapter three. This guy, get, Sam, does not like people <laughs> touching him. So you get you get the chance to start rebuilding some of these roads that have since been lost to time yeah. or, or really lost to time fall. So there's there's stretches of it where it's really long and straight. So I can like hold the the acceleration, and I I think I was looking at my phone or something, and then the controller starts vibrating all of a sudden, and I see there's a guy I just plowed into. Was <laughs> it okay though? I think he survived. I think he must have been a repatriate patriot. No, I don't. I don't know if either I didn't hit him quite right, or mm-hmm. you can't kill the NPCs. Well, yeah, for story reasons, but well, yeah. Um, but anyway, I wanted to talk more about some of the mechanics that uh, you experience through the game because I think a big portion of this game, there, there, I think there's two big segments of this game that are supposed to be connected, but how you experience them, there is a definite disconnect. So mm-hmm. the mechanics themselves, the walking around, that walking simulator feel, and then the story, which is like a almost a hundred percent cutscene. Some of the other mechanics. So we talked about the walking, right? So this game does something that I've never seen before, where just walking in a straight line, there's a mechanic to it, right? And you have to actually keep your balance. Yeah. That's so, a strand game. It's a common real weird. thing in, in strand games, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely a very unique to this mechanic. There might be some other games where you have to do something similar, like any of those odd physics-based games. 
maybe. Yeah, but it's usually but this is I, very unique to that, and I think yeah. that to me, I thought again, that's what I said. Like this, it's good, it's cool. That's this to me is like it. Remember when we were kids and Nintendo games, Super Nintendo games, they were just trying everything to like come up with something. This a hundred percent is like it's it's a it's a video game. This is what video games are meant to be. This is how they're supposed to be, in my opinion. This is what I want to see in a video game. Right. It's good. It's cool. Yeah, so it was really interesting because normally the default yeah. for some of those other games where they play with balance Renate. is... Oh, never yeah. mind. No, no, is with balance is like, okay, if you're just walking, you've got perfect balance. Once you start like climbing on something or you know, yeah. you swing on a rope or whatever, then you start getting the physics involved where you need to pay attention and kind of recorrect any missteps in your balance. Here, your default is trying to keep your balance. Yeah. Right? So that was definitely interesting. Your little aura deck, your little technology that you have over your shoulder, you can actually send pings out, and it kind of like scans the area, and it will take the terrain into account. I've played other games that have done stuff like that. Um, I can't off the top of my head. Probably Assassin's Creed maybe has a, a similar thing where you can kind of scan the area. I want to say maybe yeah, The Last of Us has something maybe like that. I've seen it similar to that, but that's okay because the scanning of the terrain is unique. Although to me, right. it made very little difference in it from my experience. It didn't... At- at first, it was really helpful, and then as you start getting more equipment and moving along, it became less and less needed. So, when you first want, start out, it's yeah. trying to it's trying to get you to scan the terrain and looking for like it'll put like a little green check marks or an orange square or like a red X if it's like really bad to where you'll mm-hmm. trip over it. So you want to be mindful of where you're stepping. But later on down the road, you get these like exoskeleton legs. Mm-hmm. Like attachments, so you can walk over everything basically. So it becomes less and less important. So badly, I want those exoskeleton legs in real life. Yeah, man, I want that so badly. <laughs> like, sign me up, dude. Elon Musk, get me on the front <laughs> lines with that. I don't know. Okay, yeah, that's it's cool. They definitely had some very unique new stuff. You know, yeah, it's. Kojima is, if anything, innovative when it comes to gaming. He's not, none of the games he's making are like, yeah, we've seen this, we've done this before. You know, everything he does is, I think, is pretty original. Yeah, and with the walking, the game would do something really fun to have that walking simulator feel. If there was a, if there was a section of, uh, of the game where it knows all you're doing is walking to get to plan from point A to point B. There's no hazards. It will trigger these songs to start playing. Yeah. So you have like a little um, simulator. So you have this little cinematic walking experience with this uh, really nice music playing. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I really liked it. I don't like the, to me, the music, it was all, I've never heard any of this music before. It was all very, it fit, man. There were scenes, parts of... I keep seeing scenes, dude. This game mm-hmm. is so cinematic that I'm not even talking about it like it is a game. Yeah, yeah. There were parts in the game where it was just... There were no threats around you, especially early on in the game. There's no threats around you, and you're just walking through an area, and it opens up, and this music comes on, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty... 
I would have been fine if the game stayed like that for 30 hours. I know that sounds yeah. crazy because it's very simple, but I would have, if this game really was a walking simulator in, in ways, more ways than it is, I would have been okay with that, with the, with that being one of the aspects of it. I think the music and sound quality of the game in general was really good. I think they could have really had a, a nice option so I chose easy to play on because I, I was kind of a little bit under a time crunch to, to get something started to, to play for, to for the podcast. 50 hours into a 30-hour game, yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I think they should have... I think a really good idea, and I don't know if any other game has done this, is put something below easy to maybe maybe have a more cinematic experience. To where maybe, in, I don't know if a game could do this or would do this or any games have done this, but maybe in this example, you're walking and when there's hazards, you're basically given the option to basically just go around them and not really interact with them. Yeah. Which is kind of also hard because the interaction later on in the game, you kind of have to. But I think there could have been something to say about maybe trying to have a more cinematic version of this game for those that weren't really keen on the grinding of doing your orders all the way and doing all that and maybe focusing on the story bits to get you to where you need to go. Yeah. Right? There, there's no speed run for this game. I, there can't be. I, I could not see how you could do it with these cutscenes that are like hour to two hours long in some cases. Okay. I... Can I, I, I want to ask something completely derailing. Did you ever fall asleep playing this game? No. Okay. I wanted right. to. Yeah, okay, man. I, I, here, here's the thing. I, I, I loved every bit of story. Yeah. And cutscene and some of the, a lot of it was cutscenes, but there were some times where, say you were delivering an order for XYZ place, and while you're there, they would start giving you story beats through like hologram interactions. So it's like not cutscene, but it's still gameplay, but you don't have control of your character. Right. Right. There's a lot of that. All of those I enjoyed. It was when I was sitting there trying to rebuild this like highway network that was just so grindy um, because I wanted to use it to help my gameplay later on to make it more seamless. But yeah. I had to do all the grinding first. That I did not enjoy at all. I agree. Dude, man, this is if this podcast feels like it's all over the place for anybody, it's because we're trying to talk about a Hideo Kojima game. It's it's very difficult to try and like piece together something because there's <clears throat> we talked about like how to do this game, whether we wanted to present it in the order we played it, or like how, how things came across in the order we played it, or break down mechanics, then talk about story. And I think we're kind of going towards mechanics first. And there's just so much that it is, and and so much, so many things tied together. Yeah. But for but for us to explain the tie of them together, we have to explain what they are individually, right? Right. For sure. And it's it's rough. Okay. So one thing, I mean, did I know you had this thought? I think we're so used to like looking things up and googling stuff when you were i, I want to ask you a couple questions because they're like i f i feel like we're going to we're we're going through it here but when you're playing a game did you like did you google stuff at all while you were playing it like did you cuz i had kept having that thought like should i am i supposed to know this <laughs> uh twice 
Okay. The so this game has a lot of menus that you can kind of sit on for a bit. And there are some instances where there's screen bloat and it's yeah. really hard to figure out what the heck you're supposed to do if you didn't remember what somebody had told you in the like exposition of the mission. Yeah. Right. So there's a point where and I think it's because I I stopped the game, but basically you're given an item that is dangerous and you cannot go any further until you talk to a certain NPC. Pizza. The not the pizza, it was oh. it was a bomb, but you have to go <laughs> yeah. talk to, you have to go talk to fragile first. A pizza is you... a bomb waiting to happen. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, so no, basically, I I was told, okay, you have to go take this delivery, but then before you go, go talk to this person, and then you can move on. So I got that information, turned the game off, and then came back like two or three days later, and I had forgotten all that stuff, and it was really hard to figure out where I was supposed to go. Because I couldn't, in this instance, I couldn't like replay the message I was given. It was just, I was, I was kind of stuck because I couldn't remember. Right. So that I ended up looking up and then like, oh yeah, you have to go to this exact location to this safe house and go talk okay. to XYZ. That's and that ba basically it would, if you go to this one spot under these conditions, so a cutscene would trigger. Right. Right. So I, for, I, I basically forgot the trigger to make the cutscene happen. So that was the first instance I had to look something up. And then later on, same situation where I was given information. I had been playing for a couple hours and I got out. But the solution was you kind of just had to wait. There were portions of this game where I think there was in the background a timer. So basically, you it, it, the mission was go find a solution. Figure it out. But all you had to do was wait. And then through like uh, conversations through your your Apple watch that we haven't even talked about through like um, basically just time elapsing and natural conversation happening between characters that you're not really controlling. Yeah. It would then give you the solution and then trigger the next steps. So there wasn't anything you could do to make it faster. Yeah. But you didn't look up spoilers then. No. Okay. That's what I meant. I was like, Oh, I got you. I got you. The only thing I Googled and it was pretty far in where I was just like, what is it was uh, the BTs. Because, like, they're just, just imagine yourself in a world where everybody's constantly calling something, like, one thing, and you don't even know what, what they're, you know. Right. I didn't know BT stood for beached things until after yeah. I finished the game, and I was listening to a podcast, <laughs> right, and I was listening to a podcast talk about this game. They did a podcast for an hour and and talked about maybe a fraction of what we've gone through so far. Because yeah. it was so convoluted and confusing. That's insane to me, but that's fine. Sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, it was all. It was also closer to when it launched. So I think the, this particular podcast was like going over new games, whereas right. we're going to games that have been out for a bit. So. BTS, man. BTS, man. Um, let's see. So the BTS, they are like antimatter dead stuck in the area of the living whereas everybody else is living matter and all that so the whole big bad thing with bts is if they touch you they cause what's the that antimatter and living matter kind of like get confused and cause an explosion which is called a void out like a right so that's bomb, pretty much yeah. yeah so that's what everybody's trying to avoid by people dying and 
uh, going necro, which I think they basically turn into a BT, but then also have that living dying matter, and it just boom happens. So okay. they want to control when people die. Excuse me, not control when they die, but if they die, they need to go like dispose of the corpse by like incinerating it. So this thing, this chain reaction doesn't happen. Um, which is why when this whole thing kicked off, there was like regular deaths and like suicides and like people that maybe died, but then nobody knew they died and they went quote unquote necro, the void out happened and then boom. And that's actually later on, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, that's what, that's why Sam got so antisocial and left his wife found some stuff out, got real sad, killed herself. Nobody knew about it, and she caused a void out. I didn't know that. She was also with child. She was. I don't think real, I knew real that. Real sad. Yeah. yeah I, like, man. I don't think I knew. I don't think it, I watched three videos about this game, and I don't think they. Maybe they did, but I don't know. Something this game did. I, I think a lot of games and games where there's a heavy story, you learn a lot of maybe your character's backstory. Yeah. Early. So much is done, born child. Right. You you learn a lot about the character usually up front, or you get to their stuff pretty quickly, so you can learn about their motivations yeah. and all that. You find out about Sam's baggage towards the end of the game. Gotcha. So In you really twenty nine. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, void outs bad, death bad, to the point where there's a point where there are enemies. Uh, called mules, M U L E, right? They have basically gone crazy. They were former porters, former delivery peoples that, and I'm not going to go through all the history. Basically, they went crazy, and all they want to do is steal packages so they can get the dopamine rush of delivering a package. It's so weird that it's not financially motivated. It is. It is a it is a basically a, a psychotic break from yeah. this this thing that they're doing. So, fuck it. I will get into it. Basically, as the world don't started, to, me if I don't, <laughs> as the as the world <clears throat> before before the void out, as the world started automating things, there were no need for people delivering things. Pretty much how we're getting now. Amazon has like got drones and stuff. The people that felt like they were necessary and out of a job wanted to be useful again and that's where these mules came into play so they were like they they their job they they took her gerbs they you know they they lost that void out happened all the all the mental stress from that they went crazy and now all they want to do is help get the world back by doing these deliveries but they're doing it wrong and messing up what's trying to be done does that make sense at all because it felt off the wall no, it yeah. I mean, no, it doesn't make any sense at all. But what you, the way you described it, was fine. Yeah. So anyway, they <laughs> That's are not your fault, man. It just they it literally the, makes no sense. They are the first human set of enemies that the game presents to you. As far as I know, they will not take lethal force, but they will go into fisticuffs, right? Yeah. And they have these javelins they throw at you that are like electrified yeah so they can like stun you and take all your shit dude those the first time i encountered those guys i was just it was like in that scene where you're the first part where it opens up and you just start running 
mm-hmm. from them, and then you eventually lose them by going into they they don't they don't mess with the BTs, they don't like them. But you can lose them by going into one of those zones. The first time I saw them, dude, I I beat the fuck out of them, <laughs> and there was like yep. some weight, to, dude. The way they did, like I bet I bet Norman Reedus can can throw a punch, dude. Yeah, because there was they there was some weight to those hits in that, and um, it it felt good. I love a game where you really feel like a good hit when you hit a character in a game, yeah. and there was some weight to them. I knocked them out, and then I just ran from them, and like I it, threat was very much diminished. But then I went back into a camp, and yeah. there was too many of them, and my, I guess I got tired. I got windy. Yeah, your your stamina goes out. But hey, one thing we haven't mentioned: you could just drink some Monster Energy. From your pee? For, no, no, Monster. Oh, like, yeah. Well, we know the Monster Energy drink <laughs> okay. is like is in this world. They survived. Monster the Energy is the actual, really? Yeah. yeah. What? I'm not, I'm not joking around. The actual, the, the can that you can go to 7-Eleven right now yeah. and go get a Monster Energy, that company is in this game. They survived the apocalypse. Well, if there's ever an energy drink company that makes you better at punching people, it's probably Monster. <laughs> yeah. So they they did a lot of fourth wall meta jokes in this, and that was one of them. Where do you see that? Um, oh, dude. Oh, oh. In your in your private room. I I that wasn't in my game. I played the director's cut. You played the director's cut? Yeah, I don't think there was much, but there were not Monster Energy drinks in it, which what? I they they probably had a temporary brand deal or something. Sending a picture now. You get Monster Energy ahead of time at, at I first. Had bridge Energy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that must be a director's cut. Maybe they their it obligations is, yeah. were fulfilled. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Dude, if there yeah. was a drink that so, was so going to make me be able to seeing, beat someone up better, it's you were be seeing a Bridge Energy. energy. I was yeah. seeing, I was seeing Monster Energy. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, and isn't there? Oh wait, never mind. The canteen in the game refills automatically when you traverse water, which is an energy drink. I think there's some form right, of energy but, drink. But see, when when you go when you go so to your weird. when you go to your menu to drink said drink or canteen rather it just says drink monster energy for me it is not water so strange dude (laughs) how did you like the so that dude actually want to talk about that a little bit the stamina aspect of it when you're traversing everything there was Mm -hmm. one point in it and i'm sure it happens multiple times but there was one point for me where i was traversing in it and i just i got down to very little energy and mm-hmm. it was a scene, I think, where I was chased a fair amount by the mules, too. Dude, the stakes, that that's what made this game as a walking type of game feel really good because I was like, you know, I had equipment breaking down. I was like, I had an extra pair of boots with me and I ended up having to switch to them. And my stamina was getting low. So I'd actually have to like stop and rest and do the stuff that you're. I don't know how much of that was affected by being on normal versus easy gameplay. But it was cool, yeah. man. I think that, again, I think that's why video games are video games. And I think stuff like that, you have to interact a little bit. That was cool. Also very Hideo Kojima because Metal Gear Solid 3, there's like, you can get sick in some Metal Gear Solid games if you don't take care or rest enough. Oh. There's a fatigue meter in Metal Gear Solid 4 because he's old. Another That's another thing oh, that yeah. Kojima likes to do is he likes to... I, I don't know if it's because he is like an older game director 
Mm -hmm. but he likes the main characters to age and feel and feel the effects of aging. Like there was one thing I remember in Metal Gear Solid four where my character was like crouched for a long time. And you know, you're doing the sneaking stuff in a game and he would like stop and kind of like stretch and do the lower back thing. And he actually like hit with his middle back with his fist to try to straighten it out a little bit. Oh, wow. And there's stuff like that. You have like a fit, not a fatigue. It was like a stress meter in that game. Okay. So it's cool. That's a cool thing that I feel like they do that some people would probably think it could just should just be completely out of the game, but mm-hmm. it pulls you into the game a lot more. Right. And right. then they break the fourth wall by saying like, this is a boss fight. But yeah, but that so okay. What's your opinion on that? What's your opinion on the fourth wall breaks? Um, I, I said it's so weird. If, I was so excited to talk about if they're this done if they're done properly, which I think they this don't game know. did. <laughs> okay. No, I th- I think this game did it all right. I think the so how I took it right. So this is oh um, this game is in a, is in the USA as we that we it. all know right. Yeah. But, but geographically, it's in the U. Right, it's sure. in the U.S. Past what you and I are experiencing right now. So these characters, it makes sense that they would have had video games. They had Monster Energy. They know about some the of the Norman things. Norman Reedus TV show ad, or yeah. Whatever on they the know show. they know about some of these things pre their world's like apocalypse, right? So it kind of I think it was done well when when I think it was Troy Baker said, "Oh, like, just have a good old fashioned boss fight." Yeah, I I think his character is coming from a place that had good old fashioned boss fights, right? And I I don't know. I don't think it was it was too corny or too fourth wall breaking. I I, didn't I liked either. it. I agree. I liked I, it. I did too. Yeah, I feel like it was extreme. It was so on the nose with the fourth wall breaks that it mm-hmm. was like you're you're like yeah that's cool. Did you spend much time in the private rooms? Because I, I think that's where the most of it was. Give me some more. Well, I'm. I know the shower. The to, or the so toilet, in like when you when so you, in yeah when when you go to the bathroom, it puts a courtesy thing up and it says AMC Ride with Norman Reedus, mm-hmm. which I think was a real show. It was, I believe. Yeah. So they have that. Um, you can look around the room and look at different things and where Sam is sitting. Your character. Um, if you look behind him, there's a shelf by his bed with all these little action figures and things. And if you yeah. look there, um, any anytime your character is in the frame, the mo they mocapped him looking at the camera and like reacting to it. Yeah, and that's he would true. like he would like oh, look at the oh yeah he would like, like act like and point this. to it and be like you yeah. gotta see this kind of thing. That one's the first time I did it. It kind of scared me a little bit because yeah. he because when you say oh, I want to look at me, he goes. Yeah, and like <laughs> makes you look behind it because real, eye, you know, heavy eye contact. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I like that. But it would, as you're as you're looking around the room, he would kind of interact with the camera a little bit. Dude, maybe uh, it's maybe shit like that is the reason that like certain people do video game voice acting and acting mm-hmm. and st- and mocap because that ain't for everybody. I think like not no, everybody was... wants to do shit like that. You can you can have your character aside from showering, peeing, and pooping, and from those three things, getting grenades. Um, <laughs> fun. You can also go over to the sink, and there's like it was a dial wheel of like ten different like things you can do, 
and he'll sit there and look I like you know like I, make, yeah. make motions with his mouth and he'll kind of like you know look at his eyes and stuff and do all these little like mannerisms of somebody sitting at a sink looking at their own reflection and just fucking around you know like yeah. i'm sure you've done it you just kind of like looking at yourself and be like i've been doing oh, i feel like i've right. been doing it the whole time we're you know? recording here right so <laughs> and I, I i saw in an interview where when they were trying to mocap when basically where that all started from was they were in between recording different mocap uh op things yeah with, with norman reedus so they were on a break like in the real world just breaking from the recording and he was just sitting there and just kind of like doing stuff with the suit on. Right. Oh yeah. And Kojima was like, somebody record him, record oh, what funny. he's doing. And he was just, so, so the stuff you're seeing in the game stemmed from Norman Reedus, just like killing time in a suit and just, you know, you know, messing around with stuff. Yeah. And then they made it into an actual in-game thing. That's pretty interesting. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Again, <laughs> what were some of the other fourth wall stuff? So he uh, in the private yeah. room it was a lot of just like looking at the camera and and stuff, but outside the story there was the boss comment. Um they said yeah, game was, like, over the one where a bunch. Higgs was like yeah, he said he was like uh, or you know, he said something about waiting for a game over. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. There was I mean there was probably a lot. Well, I mean generally I think some of the the social media interactions of it were kind of fourth wall breaking too in a lot of ways yeah um there was a there was a character called hartman which i didn't mention earlier i don't know who his voice actor is or his mocap person but he was a i wonder if it had anything to do with this heart based on his name i wonder if it hartman had a heart issue his story wow. was kind I, of I, cool and i and i want to maybe separate this out because i want to talk later on maybe in this episode two of the characters and go really in depth with them. So I want to briefly touch on him now. Um, but yes, it was a heart thing. Where was I going with him? Anyway, through his interactions, there was some stuff where even Hartman would kind of break the fourth wall and do like a thumbs up and you would get a couple likes. Oh yeah. Right? Wasn't there like a thing where it, there was like a sink where you were walking out and Norman Reedus like gave him a thumbs down or something on the way out or something. Yeah. He, he said something made an, an off comment and somebody gave him a thumbs down and then the joke passed. And then later on it equalized and you got the equal amount of thumbs up from somewhere. But um, the like system, I just liked everything I saw that I walked past just to be a nice guy, which is a very social media thing to do. Yeah, it definitely. I want you, you to like me great by expressing that I like you. You know, visit us on Instagram. It's uh, <laughs> three, two, one backlog on all our social medias. Give us a like, a comment, and a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Oh lord, do you have a so, headache yet? <laughs> so story wise, the like system was irrelevant. Gameplay wise. It was a way for you to interact with your fellow players. Yeah. So the more, like, if you put a structure down and it got a lot of likes, that instance of your building or creation had a higher chance of being in other people's games. Which does what? Which then, so if I put if I put a really well placed bridge, yeah, and everybody likes it. 
everybody will get more people will see that bridge and get to utilize it and then they will like it more but what does that do nothing for you it gives you more stats at the end of the game just that, that's oh it. my that's god it. so yep. yeah it's just it is, like social media <laughs> yeah the 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 game was trying to touch on what's the what's the word being altruistic being nice to be nice right yeah. So I think that was part of it. There's you liking something by actually using that liking mechanic has no benefit for you hitting that button at all. It help it only helps other people. Yeah, it's not like you have a certain number of likes to give out or something. Right? Nope. Yeah. You have basically when you start hitting currency. it, you you get a you get it like ten seconds or something to smash it as much as you want, and then it goes on cooldown, and then you have to wait. Yeah. Yeah. But I would actually see, um, as I as I progress through the game, there'd be something that was in my game that was, you know, a couple thousand likes or something, and then I would log off, come back in, and it would be gone. But there would be something similar nearby that had like forty thousand likes. Okay. Right. So the more that it, the more you get, it starts getting distributed through the servers. Yeah. So other people can see it. That was a cool. All of that was a really cool feature to me. It was it was nice. It, it I was, think it was when nice we to played have the game made a big difference with that too because we played it after it had just come out for free, right? And I and it, so I think day one is a harder playthrough than it would be after the game's been out for so long. Maybe you I know? mean if a lot of well I don't yeah I think the hardest playthrough would be if no one was playing the game ten years from now when people are not. Yeah, I mean, if the, if it doesn't save it, if the servers start to you know purge some of that information, I don't even know how all that works, man. Me neither. I don't know. It's amazing to me that you can still go online and play some games that are thirty years old, like, and then there's games that have been out for five years and there's no servers. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Oh, Somebody we, let we, me know. We talk. We talking about Call of Duty. We could be talking about Call of Duty. Yeah, it could be a lot of stuff. Like, really, just a, all. Yeah. So where I had where I had got got us on this tangent was talking about the mules, right? God, so I was, was I was thirty minutes ago. I know. <clears throat> so the the first human entities, excuse me. So the first human enemies you meet are the mules. They're non-lethal combatants. Yeah. Okay, and I say that because it's important. Um, later on through the story, you start meeting and interacting with terrorists. That will shoot you with real guns, right? I heard about and that, that, and that bit's important because if you try to retaliate with a actual like assault rifle with real bullets and kill them, you have to then go deal with disposing their disposing of their body. I like that. You, you can't I didn't just experience leave it. any of that, but I do like that. Right. I experienced it once. Didn't take care of it. Uh-oh. There was a void out. And I lost all my progress for like an hour. Dude, so again, Kojima stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of similar. <laughs> There's, they don't, he, he must not, he must value human life to an extent, I think. Yeah. And that, that I think because, altruism is a big part of this game, yeah. right? You want to, I think do it might be a big the theme for him, for yeah. the director. Because the, the, in, in, in Metal Gear Solid games, you there is the best rating you can get. And there's a rating system at the end of, of Metal Gear Solid games. The way you acquire the best rating is by being non-lethal. So yeah, and then also you have to dispose of bodies too because other sentries or soldiers will come around and if they see a body, even if they're tranquilized, 
it'll cause like an alert phase or something. So you can do things like stuffing a body in a locker. Mm -hmm. That kind of so there is still like a method of disposal to right. these bodies. Yeah, Hitman the Hitman series does that too, and I that's a series I I like as well. Okay, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Cover your tracks. But yeah, so if you don't deal with that that corpse, it ends up coming back around and being bad. So that you have a set of weapons, you have a bolo gun, which is kind of cool. So it wraps the cord around and it like ties I, them up. I want one of those. Yeah, that one was really cool. But if you don't, if you don't go up and like knock them out, because you can come up and kick them and it, and it makes them go silent. If yeah. some, after a certain amount of time, they'll eventually get out if you don't knock them out. Or if somebody that hasn't been tied up sees them, they can come and wake them up and like get them back into the fight. So anyway, so the main thing, there is a difference between a non-lethal gun and a lethal gun. Um, so knowing which one you want to use can can affect your gameplay. The Kyrillium, we talked about it briefly. So I was this game is a lot about like connecting, right? And keeping a connection between people and yeah. groups of people in this world, right? So how they connect is basically making this like super on steroids internet connection, which they call the chiral network. It's basically using, basically take the internet, but the connection doesn't go through wires or a wireless signal through like a satellite or something. It goes into the other side and does the data transfer through the beach where all the dead people are. Takes any amount of time it needs to to process and then spits out on our side in an instant. Mm -hmm. So they're using this Kyrillium to basically have this like otherworldly internet connection going through the world of the dead and then coming back. So it's, that was it's, weird. It's 6G. It's 6G. Yeah. This probably like, you know, 20G. Maybe. Because they, they, they played a lot of... They, Let's they, get 5G up and running and we'll, and we'll put a number on it. They pay, they played around with the idea that time moves very differently in the seam and on the beach. Yeah, they made that. Yeah, it's like minutes yeah. or out an hour in that is a couple seconds in in our time, right? Yeah. So, you know, the talking about like that, you, equating it to like the internet, like it goes over and on the other side, it could take you know, it could take years for that data to process. Who knows, right? Mm -hmm. But how we perceive it was almost instantaneously. So they're sending over these because they're like doing like 3D printing and and sending those basically the the equivalent of like files back and forth that are just ungodly massive to try and process. It's it's sending over this. It's basically connecting them in this way that makes it uh, possible um, to connect on a level that that we can't actually do. Right, yeah. so it was it was kind of cool. I think the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, maybe transition to a potentially second episode for this. How long have we been recording? Two days. Uh, recording two, two hours. hours ago. Good lord. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. No, I'm apologizing to the listeners. So <laughs> I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the equipment and you actually played the director's cut. Yeah, but so, I, I mean, which I, I didn't be, know that. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I didn't realize it either. But Yeah. 
we had there's different equipment structures vehicles and weapons and we've talked a little bit about them so yeah um we have the basic things like we're talking about a lot about it's a, a walking simulator so you have to handle the deterioration of your boots you sometimes have to bring around ladders and uh, climbing anchors and stuff um but there's also this version this world's version of like a 3d printer type object which is called a pcc don't know what it stands for basically it will generate items for your structures for you in the world and then that's where you can start interacting online uh with that like system right which i thought was, was which is pretty cool oh and they also have those exoskeletons we talked about so when you so this a big portion of this game is in connecting people you know to each other you're bringing deliveries of things back and forth one side quest we haven't talked i think we've talked about briefly was um uh there's a, there's a set of side quests where you're delivering pizzas to this particular person and i and i haven't finished it yet but i think you're going to all the major cities and you're bringing a pizza with you well there was a main quest where you had to deliver a pizza and it continues Oh. So you have to do the first one, and then I think you have to do it four or five more times, and then yeah. something happens. Um, I like that. I really and I and I don't <laughs> want to tell you all about it, but I want to really do it because apparently there's a lot of extra story behind it. There's some more. Yeah, I did. I I heard of that. I, I yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was funny with the, this is again very Kojima. Uh, there the with the the original Pizza Quest that you have to do. The guy's like saying, like, as long as you don't do anything stupid, like, like carry it the wrong way. I yep. felt like that. That to me felt like it was something straight out of Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> like it sounded like it would be something the character Otacon would have said to you, right? Um, pizza. Oh man, pizza was good. Pizza. Yeah, um, we talked about the the guns. So how they work with the uh, human combatants? Normal bullets, all that. The non-lethal ones send rubber bullets. So you can, you know, incapacitate them there. <laughs> there was this one uh, towards, I, I think I was within like two hours of the game ending. And there was a cell of terrorists that had scanned where I was, but I had gotten away. And like 30 of them had swarmed to one spot. And they were waking up each other over and over again. So I I think I had like 10 guns with me because I kept running out of ammo. Yeah. I would switch and I was I I should I wish I recorded it. But but there was a good like five, 10 minutes of me knocking down these like 30 guys over and over again. But they would keep <laughs> reviving each other. <laughs> so it was it was a mess. It was so comical. But the thing I wanted to bring up that we haven't brought up is that you get an item called that it, it's a blood bag that you can have extra. Yeah. So uh, Sam's blood can affect these enemies in negative ways for the enemies, right? So it can kill them and stuff. So these rifles you can actually put in, they call them hemetic rounds because they're mm -hmm. filled with blood. So you can actually use these guns to shoot these BTs and fight them in a more sh traditional shooter way but it will drain your blood or the blood bag, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, it. I mean, it's kind of a weird way of just giving you an extra ammo capacity. Right. Right. Yeah. But you, you also, you run out of ammo, but then you can also run out of blood. Yeah. So there, there's both just because you have 
It's just a different blood, type doesn't of ammo. Mean, yeah, basically it's like a two-part ammo. Yeah. Something really cool for those that haven't finished and want help with it, once you get to the doctor NPC, if you get his connection level up, um, he gives you high-capacity blood bags. Which okay. is, which are really helpful. So I think you're the ones you can make are like they do. yeah, they're like 300 ml to start. He gives you a full liter. Okay. So you get you know about triple the 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 size. Uh, that was really cool. Let's see here. A uh, couple. Uh, there's there's some vehicles. Did did you see any vehicle? Did you use any of the vehicles? I used the same vehicle twice, like the motorcycle thing. I think it's the first thing you get. The mm-hmm. first one I used it, I tried using it in a situation that was inappropriate. It was going from chapter one to chapter two, I think. You're trying to get to the, before you cross. It might have been, I don't know, Does that's irrelevant. I used it <laughs> in an area that was very inappropriate. It was full of rocks and stuff. But yeah. I thought I needed to use it. I thought it was like, I, I thought maybe it was supposed to be like a tutorial thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I don't know, because it, it was like right when it became available, so I thought that's when I needed to use it, and I needed mm-hmm. to take it to the next uh, zone. So I was like trying to jump and cl- basically use it to climb all these like mid-rock terrain situations right. while trying to avoid a bunch of BTs. <laughs> so I'm literally moving slower than I would be on foot. Yeah. It ended poorly, as you as one might imagine. And then I also oh, used man. one much later on in the game when I had to traverse like a large segment of land and there were roads, like a road basically set up. And that was like, if there was a way to tell you that this is what the game is going to turn into, this right. was it, man. Cause I hit a segment where there was basically paving through the entire area. And I avoided just so much nonsense by just going through that with a motorcycle on roads that were built by other players. So that was really right. cool. But that was the it, only, it was really cool. Yeah, I know that there's a lot. Like, I think there's trucks in it. Yeah, there are these um, these trucks. That that was my favorite. You can get ones that the mules and the terrorists use that are for transporting people. The same one that you in the cutscene used when you're taking that body initially. Yeah, they have those styles that the the mules use. But then they have ones that you can get through bridges that have a extra storage capacity. Those are amazing. I would try to take those everywhere. And, uh, I learned, uh, at least in the easy mode, they don't flip. You think they flip, but they don't. So I was doing like, I'd be going and I would be turning and like, (laughs) you know, just on two wheels, just on two wheels. Yeah. But it wouldn't flip all the way over. It's just like real life. I was convinced that they wouldn't take damage from like falling and stuff. I would drive them off mountains and be like, I need, I'm way up here. I took like 30 minutes to get it to the top of this mountain, but I want to keep it when I get back down. Yeah. So I'm just going to barrel down and it would never get damaged. But then uh, was there was, say, is there a butt to this? <laughs> but there, there was one of those, one of the roads that I made kind of snaked upward and it was like floating in the air right because it uses the chiral network to make this stuff so it's it's really weird so it looks like it's floating and has this like weird stuff coming off of it right yeah but anyway it was floating in the air by like magic so i was like oh i need to get down really quickly because where i need to go is directly below me i think i was gonna like pick up some lost cargo i was like oh i'll just drive off and the fucking thing exploded and then like ejected me from it i had like like a thousand kilos of babies crying (laughs) oh my god it was it was a mess it was a mess 
Um, so then I had to basically, I had to walk, find another vehicle, half my cargo. Um, if you walk too far away from it, your cargo gets put into like online so people can recover it. So I lost half my stuff. It was, it was a pain. Yeah, that would be. Oh man. Um, let's see here. And the baby um, was crying too, right? Oh Please man. Yeah. This. Anytime, anytime you get too stressed or if, if BB gets too stressed, It'll get autotoxemic. I think it's a fancy word for it being like so stressed it's poisoning itself. Okay. And the baby will start to cry and stuff and basically become non-functioning. So then you won't be able to, to detect BTs. I don't know if this ever happened too, but I kind of got the impression that it, the baby would cause more alarm towards you. Like it would draw things to you if it was upset, but I don't know if that was the case. Well, I, I, I don't think that happens, but I... I think the BTs are deaf. So I, well, I, okay. I say that, but then if you get too close, you do have to like hold your breath, but like I've been dangerously close to them and been like moving around normally. And your little Oro deck is like clicking and whirling and whistling and all that yeah, stuff. You think and that they're not moving. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little, a little funky. Did you, did you end up, you said you, you got pulled down by them before, right? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> At least I, once. If I had weapons with me, I found it easier to get intentionally taken by the minor BTs, the ones that we're used to seeing, right? They will drag you into the ground and then pull you to a more open area of the map. Yeah. And then a greater BT, so like the real one, will show up and it's usually a monster type thing, like a giant squid or it was a, a hound. Squid for me a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Once once I got into the chapter three, they became hounds. With like it was like quadrupedal, and it had um, like like it looked like a Pokemon for sure. Like dreads coming out the back of its head. It looked like a Pokemon. Yeah, it was it was really funky. Um, anyway, so if I had weapons, it was easier to have that happen and then just fight the big thing with my gun, than actually sneaking around the little ones. Now, isn't there a, like a part in the game where you actually have to intentionally get taken into yes, an open is. area? Yeah, yeah. There, the, the, towards the the towards one the I end. remember was the yeah towards the very end. You the have tar to band or something. It was called. yeah the, the yeah exactly. The, I think it was tar field, but same difference. Yeah, um, that was that one. It actually I figured that one out pretty quickly. Um, which, which is funny because it, it kind of uses it, it, it basically is relying on the player to kind of use meta knowledge of what's been happening. The thing they've been trying to avoid throughout the whole game is the thing they have to use to actually progress the game. Not every bad thing needs to be a bad thing. You can use it. <laughs> There's something in there with that, I think. Like you no, can it was, uh, make it was, a good thing good. out of something bad. I think there was, I think one of the characters actually had that kind of yeah oh man all right so i think we need to have a a break in the episode uh for us but also for the listener so i think okay. uh, i this think we should probably, probably wrap up okay this this part of the discussion so uh so what we're gonna do is what if, if you're listening to this now you, the next episode for death stranding is already available so we're, we're not separating our release dates. We just wanted to give you a natural breaking point. So if you need to go about your day, um, you can. What we're going to get into on the next 
episode for this. It'll just be a two-parter is we're going to get into more of the story. We were trying to focus on mechanics and like how the game plays and everything here. And then we'll get into more of like the story beats and more specifics about the NPCs and those in, in that type of conversation. So, um, so we're going to wrap it up here. That's going to wrap up this, this initial discussion for death stranding. And then we'll pick it back up in the next part, give you a breaking uh, point. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening.